Landon Donovan, there are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through! Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! Alright, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Two Halves Soccer Podcast. I am Jackson. Uh, to my right, I got Kirby. How you doing, Kirby? I'm doing great, Jackson. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Just uh, sitting in something after that week three of the MLS. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. I also got Mike across the table from me. How are you doing, Mike? I'm so well, Jackson. I'm doing great. Awesome. That's great to hear. So before we you know, kick anything off, uh, what do everyone think about week three? We got three weeks in the books. What are you thinking? I thought it was a great week of soccer. Lots of good goals. I watched the Apple TV goal highlight reel. Always a good thing. I recommend doing that. You can just see every single goal from the week. And man, good players out there. You know who wasn't on the goal highlight was Sporting Kansas City, which makes me sad. But Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that. I mean, I was making... I'll probably say the same thing I said last week, but... Uh... Yeah, what about you, Kirby? Thoughts on week three? Yeah, I thought it was decent. You know, going out to the game um, was pretty awesome. Um, it would have been great if we would have scored some goals. Uh, but I thought our defense looked good, and um, yeah, decent week. Yeah, I, I enjoyed week three. Had a, had a bunch of fun, but I do have to report back. I did lose some money. Um, I was betting on college basketball earlier today, Saturday. Got out to the stadium. I was like, you know what? I want to bet on Miami and Orlando, both to win. They had great odds. Uh, I did not make any of that money back. So There were some strange results. I think all three of us, our picks did not quite pan out the way we thought, but we were all close. Yeah. Did we? I finished with six. What did you guys? I, uh, I think you finished with seven. So the standings... Uh, so, also, i got to apologize. I totally forgot there is a Sunday game. So, when we were doing our picks last week, I sort of messed that one up. Uh, but we ended with Kirby with seven, Mike with six, and I ended up with five. Um, I ended up taking a draw on Sunday night because I needed to make up some ground after Mike and Kirby both took LAFC. But, uh, you know what? It was my mistake, so I guess I gotta, guess I got to take the bad end of that one. Yeah, don't don't bet against LAFC. Let that, me tell you that. That is yeah. a truth. Yeah, we'll be talking about LAFC quite a bit today. I know they're coming up a few times. Um, but before we get into anything, uh, we we all said last week we we're going to the sporting game. How did y'all? How would? What did you do out there? We didn't. I don't think we ran into each other a little bit, but uh, we didn't sit together. So I got quite drunk. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> sat with Victor Vaca, good dude, and he had tickets from his wife that were like 10th row up, and so we had some pretty good seats, better than where I normally sit, and uh, yeah, just enjoyed enjoyed the game, enjoyed a lot of shots, um, and the LAFC fans were kind of out back to our left, or sorry, the, uh, who the hell do we play? The Galaxy. <laughs> Galaxy. He can't even remember. That's, he yeah. got pretty <laughs> fucked up, I guess. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. The beers were flowing, so it was a, a good time. I think it was just the excitement around the home opener and uh, just being out there with everybody. You know, there was a ton of soccer people that we all know just running around, and so one thing led to another, and all of a sudden it's like halftime, and I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, we uh, ca- carried on through, and man, it would have been nice to find that winner. It felt like it was going to happen, but uh, fun time at Children's Mercy Park. 
Agreed. Yeah, I went with Joel and our friend Lucas. Um, yeah, we got standing room tickets. Still super fun. Um, yeah, I had a blast. It would have been great if we would have gotten a goal. But I thought our defense looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I was standing right on top of the bridge. Had standing room only tickets too. Right on top of the cauldron that first half. We were peppering shots, but, you know, nothing came to fruition. But I would have loved to see a goal right there. It's always great to see it right in front of you. Yeah. Um, with that, I guess let's go in uh, to our Ice in Their Veins moment of the week. Uh, like we've been doing, this is just the, the moment we think really highlights a high point of the week in MLS or in soccer in general. So you call it however you want to define it, but uh, who wants to lead this one off? Uh, I'll go first. I'm just going to choose a golasso that I saw in the Nashville game. Taylor Washington, 89th minute. They were up 1-0, so it wasn't critical, but man, this guy... Basically, hard, low cross, and he catches it just so sweetly with the outside of his left foot, and just right in the corner, <laughs> smashes it, and everyone goes nuts. It's a nice finish to a pretty good game. Nashville, I'm telling you, man, they can play. They really can. Yeah, they're a good team, and a man, 98th minute goal, that sounds like a... 89. something. 89th. You know, that sounds like something I would love to see, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're not so lucky. Yeah, we should talk more about that game too. I'll go second. Um, you know, just turn on the highlights. Saw Caleb Wiley for Atlanta United. God, this guy is amazing. 18 years old, got in the academy when he was 11. Um, but two goals, one assist, and their defeat against Charlotte FC was named Team of the Week and actually Player of the Week. 18 years old, academy product. And this February, he was named to uh, America Soccer Top 20 Young Americans to watch in 2023. Um, anyway, I think he'll make a jump overseas this summer or next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way American teams have been shipping off people overseas, we'll we'll talk about it a little, a little bit later when we start talking about academies and academy products too, but... Yeah, players of that caliber, I don't see sticking around when they're that young for too much longer. Is he uh, playing on the wing? What position is he playing? Yeah, so I was talking to Lucas about that. Uh, he is. They moved him up to the wing. He is a defender, but he actually goes to school with his sister. So trains in the morning, goes to school with his sister in Atlanta. Lucas is from Atlanta, all that. So Nice. And I wanted to mention from last week, I brought up a, a goal from Atlanta United. I didn't mention the guy's name, though, but it's a kind of an interesting story. I think I mentioned he was Argentinian, but uh, Tiago Almada, he was on the World Cup team. He was actually the first MLS active player to win the World Cup. Yeah. So oh, that's it was pretty, pretty cool, and he's uh, you know, his teammate, so it's a good, good player to yeah. play off of. All right, I'll round it out. I actually, I got two moments of the week. Uh, the first one, I just died laughing. Uh, Armando Villarreal, uh, the ref in the SKC Galaxy game, throws a shoulder check <laughs> into a Galaxy player in the 14th minute and then calls a foul on the Galaxy. It was just amazing. That's just pro-refereeing for you. Um, I still don't know what the foul was. Um, but he called it, and he gave the ball back to Sporting, and it was great. Uh, but he went down for a minute. It was a hard. It was a hard hit. Yeah, we were laughing and we we're like, "Is that a drop ball? Is that a foul? What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "SKC is not giving the ball back." Either. Yeah, this was uh, an accident. Yeah, well, allegedly. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe those two had some beef. I can't speak on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But yeah, it was an accident. But I'll throw the word alleged in there in case you know there's something we don't know. Um, and then I have one more. Uh, I'm just going to call out myself on this one. Uh, last week, I said Aiden Morris needed to produce more. This week, he had a great game. Named the MLS Team of the Week on the bench. So, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just highlight myself. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that, you know? I said he needed to play better for them to produce, and he did. So, mm-hmm. I, I assume he listens. So, I would like to take a lot of credit there. Yeah. And I, I also want to bring up for the ice in uh, moment or for the week, and I realize the uh, the amount of humility it takes to compare yourself to like a bunch of MLS teams. But our co-ed team that we play on scored a bunch of golazos, really nice goals <laughs> last night. So everyone was vibing and having a good time. In fact, one player just smashed a volley into the corner and had no business doing that. It was like came from nowhere. I'm like, do you practice? <laughs> what? That <was> very nice. <laughs> But it's, it's fun to, to score goals no matter what level. So Yeah, for sure. Well, I would say it's fun to stop goals, but oh, yeah. you know, teach that's, their own. That's my attacking bias. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and break into some of the news that, that's been going on in soccer this week. Uh, the first thing I wanted to cover and talk about is LAFC and Bayern Munich announced a joint venture to develop youth talent. Uh, this was this pretty interesting to me. In the MLS, there's obviously been a heavy emphasis on youth development, player development, and those youth academies. I believe now all MLS teams have a youth academy, which did not used to be the case, uh, which is great. But I really want to hear y'all's thoughts on what this means for, one, LAFC youth players around their academy and for MLS slash uh, development as a whole. Well, we definitely want young players, and we want them coming from the United States, I feel like, because we're going to get them cheaper, and it's going to be an overall more efficient process. I don't know why we can't do it ourselves. I mean, they're doing the same thing overseas. Might as well copy them, or I think that's kind of what we're doing with this deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I brought this up to us personally a few times, but I think... um, you know, there's a good Barca Academy in Phoenix, and I think um, having players in dorms and school all provided, that's that's kind of the answer right now. We're doing host families, and that's good and all, but um, even our friend Lucas has brought up that, um, you know, overseas, it's like you make it or you don't. Like, they're, they're trying to make it happen, um, and I just think that our homegrowns we're not doing that right now so yeah we gotta get used to telling people hard facts sometimes they don't want to hear those i feel like that's one obstacle you know if you're not going to make it take the tough news and go find something else don't just because quality of play like everyone gets better if everyone is better i know that kind of is a little obvious but the more weaker players that that we have make hurts us but it's an interesting topic and yeah and and there's something i want to you know also throw out there when we're talking about this partnership between bayern and la fc that is uh do you at all see this as potentially limiting to lafc's academy developing such a strong partnership with one um international squad it it kind of seems to me the route that NYCFC has their same ownership group as uh, Man City 
that it could potentially be limiting to who they're selling to or who they want to sell to or the types of talent they even want to develop. Uh, I'd love to hear what y'all are thinking about that. It's like the globalization of soccer. I think it's a good thing. It's just going to mean that there's more better players in the MLS. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing too. And, you know, Arsenal actually owns Colorado Rapids. Uh, well, so one of their players. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I've also seen like, in the past, that Roma wanted to do something at New York as well. I think getting these major clubs coming over to America, uh, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. They have a good thing going and just install it here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and when we're talking about, uh, I just want to expand this, you know, beyond this conversation, beyond just what's going on at LAFC right now. Um, youth academies in general are sort of rapidly expanding over the last five years within the MLS. Obviously, we're seeing, one, teams come into the MLS now. When we look at Charlotte and St. Louis, already with academies in place, how important that is, uh, but also how quickly some of these teams can develop into uh, relevant academies. So I'd love to hear takes on, you know, who do you think is at the top of the tier in the MLS in terms of academy, and who do you think it would also be at the bottom in terms of academy, and, and how... If there's anything you really look for when you when you think of the MLS Academy product and things that you would love to see, I'll go with Dallas's Academy. You just hear that now. Have I seen the kids play? And have I for myself? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we can know, take people like Ricardo Pepe came mm-hmm. through the system. That's right. So. That's right. And uh, so I would go with them uh, being just the best. Now it's kind of. Funny because Dallas's team <laughs> has not quite been at the level of their academy. Supposedly, they haven't produced as many wins over the seasons. Um, but to the second point of your question, like what makes a good academy? I think it's got to be, like I mentioned earlier, the tough choices where you're getting the best players possible, uh, and then just trying to commit them to the game and like almost. I get the feeling that sometimes American kids aren't as good as because there's so many distractions in American life, and this is probably true overseas as well. Um, just to have them play, just play soccer is asking a lot. I was going to say distractions and other sports too. So, yeah, sometimes people say that soccer players are our best athletes. So I think there's some truth in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I sometimes I feel like the American style of play like leads itself to I don't know certain coaches. It seems like less creative, I guess I'll say, than than like your if you're watching like Europeans or champion like European Champions League. I don't know what it is. If if that's just coaching, over coaching, or maybe the academies over there, there's more freedom in terms of what they can do, or just like pure pickup, um, you know pure like the brazilian kind of expression just doing whatever basically uh that's not part of a like a system uh i was kind of interesting yeah mike i would also say too they're better with their feet as well if you watch kind of the warm-ups they're doing at psg stuff like that Mm -hmm. barcelona i don't think our mls teams are doing that um i think we're kind of relying on athleticism instead of uh you know amazing soccer players with their feet yes yeah, and, and i think that's like a broader fault of u.s sports i mean that's just not the case in u.s soccer either that's the case in u.s basketball 
and U.S. baseball in terms of like just skill level athleticism we're miles beyond other countries but something about American attitudes and youth development doesn't bring out the best qualities of people and we seem to be lagging a lot in like technical abilities in sports and specifically soccer when you see it I mean it it it's even kind of funny to me players like Benny Fellhaber who came from Brazil uh who has like an inkling more creativity than other players in midfield and it's like that's not that's not a one-off that's like a byproduct of a being in a country growing up that is just like inherently more technical and more creative Mm -hmm. and i would love to see academies start to de-emphasize just like athleticism because i mean how far is that going to get you in terms of like skill across other team yeah. across other competition i would also say different regions as well play a different style of play like you go down in texas um you know why athleticism stuff like that jesus ferrer has even talked about the academy at fc dallas he said um they have a really good partnership with the first team they get guys in there practicing pretty quickly it seems like we do that in the off season with SKC, but that doesn't happen regular throughout the year. Um, we've even brought up there's not a lot of movement between SKC two, SKC one. Um, but that's yeah. a problem. Oh, huge problem! Yeah. Huge problem. And I don't even I don't even think they're practicing at the same facilities too. Uh, I don't think so either. So yeah, so it's not like I I also have a question about this. Um, I guess in terms of how do you view a successful academy? Are you wanting players to maintain status on the domestic first team? So, like, let's say, like, you want them to stay at FC Dallas, or do you want them to have an academy that just has the ability to sell? So, like, a Ricardo Pepe, where you can sell them for a lot of money, or would you rather them just be able to develop talent that can be successful here in America in the MLS? Yeah, I still think we need to get our players over Europe. Um, just from a United States standpoint, um, until we really develop the MLS, I think we get them over to Europe. And, you know, a lot of these amazing academy players, they're not even with academies because they're with Liverpool, they're with Bayern, they're with all these amazing academies, U19s, u twenty one. So that's my answer. Yeah. Similar to that, I think it's a hard argument to say, oh, our academy produced this world-class player Let's keep him here, <laughs> and he's not going to, you know, grow or develop or she, uh, in the same manner that if they are playing against the best competition, and the best competition is, is of course, not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, last year I was also seeing that LAFC had a lot of movement with their first team. A lot of guys going over Europe. They're getting some older guys coming back. So I think that's a way, uh, way to do it. Yeah, uh, so we mentioned FC Dallas. Uh, are there some other academies you'd like to throw out there, Kirby, of ones that really stand out to you? Yeah, so I actually play against FC Dallas. Um, I think that's one of the top teams I've played against. Um, but I would say Philly is there as well. And kind of what I've seen with Inter Miami as well, I think they're a pretty good academy. Uh, historically, Seattle is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing as well. Yeah, I I want to take a moment to one uh, 
unironically shout out Chicago for selling Gaga Solana, the goalkeeper to Chelsea last year, for a record $10 million, up to $15 million. Um, I think Chicago has a lot of potential, a great area that... When we, when we talk about the flip side, that Minnesota seems to like not be taken advantage of at all. Um, and just geographically, uh, San Jose looks like they're in a great spot. I mean, they're out in California in an area that not many other teams have the fortune to like have access to claim those as academy products. Uh, but also, since I believe like 2000, the beginning of 2022, uh, San Jose has had uh, 12 academy players called into national teams from 15, U15, U17, U19, and uh, the uh, national team in general, although I don't think they had anyone there, but that was just the statistic. Yeah, included. I wonder how that goes between them and Sac Republic as well, um, what kind of movement they do there. Uh, but yeah, K-Cal, I've known who he is for quite some time. Yeah. I think he's... A very good player. Yeah, and um, God, they have uh, who another goalkeeper, uh, Ine Achoa. Uh There's so many Achoa goalkeepers. I don't know what that last name just produces good goalkeepers. Um, another youth national on the rise uh, that you'd love to see. Um, but I briefly mentioned it as well. If there's, uh, I can also start off this conversation on like the bottom end of academies, ones that you know, seem to not do anything that I'd really highlight as, as uniquely poor. Um, one, I'm kind of going to exclude teams like Charlotte and St. Louis from this. They are new to the league. I don't, I'm not going to set the expectation or burden on them as much. Uh, but one team that we have to call out is the New England Revolution. Um, they just don't produce any products. I haven't heard of them selling any one of their academy players overseas. And if I think about the roster right now, I'm not sure there's a single homegrown academy player starting, uh, which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, I've just heard over and over again from Charlie Davis in Soccer We Trust. He just says, you put it, you put their stadium in a different part of town, more supporters, but right now they're struggling for supporters as well. Yeah, Mike, is there any academies that stand out to you as being really poor or something you don't hear about? I have to say just even SKC's academy, Christian, you played for them. I mean, just the fact that we don't really hear about any of these guys, like maybe it's a marketing problem, but you would expect that we have more homegrown players. We definitely have pushed some through. Um, yeah, did any of them get in the game? Um on Saturday? Um, the only one that may have would be Felipe Hernandez. I was thinking that, um, too. I know we carry Ozzy Cisneros, who is an Academy product. And I think one of the center backs is a... I mean, I think a couple of years ago that we had a center back Academy product. Um, but, yeah, it would it would only be Felipe Hernandez at this point. Yeah. I know Pulse Camp, we got his rights. He's a California guy, but went through the Academy as well. Count it. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we need it. Count it. Yeah, um, I think it's also um, back in the day uh, we used to be able to get people from not even our region. Yeah. So we got a handful of guys from North Carolina. Busio was one of them. Jalen Lindsay, another. 
Yeah, and apparently they're opening those rules up again. So it's free market. Um, I've said this before, but maybe the best players are not in our region. So hopefully yeah. we can scoop them up. Yeah. Um, show them the SKC way and get them in the academy, get them to the first team. Yeah, and I think that goes to the point um, that, I, that I would also like to make about Minnesota is they aren't scouting players in their own region. And, and I mean, there's going to be a little battle there between them and Chicago of like trying to claim like geographical regions between those two teams. But they haven't been uh, – there's like been reports that they just like haven't been present trying to scout the players, the youth talent in their – in this territory, which is just like, is there a coach on. international? Uh, oh man, white haired guy. Yeah. No, their coach is. Uh, oh, I can't think of it. I, I actually ran into him once uh, going to a U.S. Open Cup game when I lived downtown. They were boarding the bus, uh, and I was just, like walking by, and I was like, I was walking by, I was like, was that just the coach of Minnesota United? Then like I, I just like went back and like was like hey good luck today like you know just like blindly assuming it was Adrian um, Heath. Adrian Heath, yeah, he's got like a wispy hair. Sierra National Mike plays at Birth Newcastle. Nice. Yeah. Um, but speaking of coaches, I guess I'll work as a pretty good transition. We're we're starting a new segment. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team Coach of the Week. Um. We'll keep this going weekly until the U.S. national team names a coach, but we're just going to lob up some ideas that we have for them. Uh, you know, take this as seriously as you want to, but uh, we need this role filled, and if it comes down to it, we're happy to do the hiring. Send, send them our way. We'll interview these people. Um, but who wants to kick this one off? We're going to interview them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll interview them. We'll do the dirty work for you. Yeah, no, no. And people will be mad at us with our decisions, but... Yeah, no GM, no sporting director, no coach. So pretty <laughs> yeah. wide open right now. Yeah. Well, three roles, you know, we might fill those. We got three people here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp. I'll tell you why. I just think he's, he's struggling a little bit uh, today. That They just got booted from Champs League, which, well, Real Madrid seems to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he has a great way of... I don't think this is possible. They actually considered uh, him for, oh, I think he denied it, but Mexico was trying to get him as uh, their national team coach. So, I mean, it's possible, but in terms of a coach managing a bunch of different players and just being awesome, I think he's a terrific coach. I really do. It'd be fun to see him uh, coach America or the United States. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know. Send out a prayer. Yeah, the note said doesn't have to be serious. So yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take the reins from there. Uh, I'm gonna throw out Kobe Jones, former Galaxy player and national team player. Um, Never I, coached. Uh, he like, he did coach. Don't how dare you? Uh, uh, he coached for one season. He was interim <laughs> coach for LA Galaxy. Thank you. you Thank you. Was he on the coaching <laughs> staff beforehand? Uh, no, I believe they. Oh no, I yeah, I think he was an assistant, and then he became interim. And then they hired Bruce Arena. I'm pretty sure, um, but no, I'll throw out Kobe Jones. I want to see. I want to see a former national team player coaching this team. I want someone young. He's not that young, but uh, I, I would love to see someone young as this segment develops. You know, I'll just start throwing out some younger and younger guys until we get down to. I don't know. Uh, have a player coach. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Kirby, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna kind of go for my. Top realistic person that's Jose Mourinho. Um, 
Lucas and I were even talking about it heading to the game. Um, but he said everybody's kind of calling him besides the United States. What's a phone call from the United States? Um, he denied that he's not going to Portugal. They even offered him that he could coach Roma and Portugal. Um, so, yeah, let's see what he can do. Let's get Jose Mourinho. I think that's a good first shout. All right. So, yeah, yeah, that yeah. might actually happen. Uh, well, all of ours. It might could happen. happen. Yeah. That one's a realistic one. Yeah. Well, I think mine is realistic too. I, I know he's. I think he's an analyst on Apple right now. So I think Kobe Jones has the time. He did. He did the game <laughs> on Saturday. Oh so, no way! Yeah, for Apple TV. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I thought he was working there now. Um, but he kind of got the cold shoulder from U.S. Soccer after he left. I don't really know what happened. Um, so a hell of a career. Yeah, he had a great career. It, one of the MLS greats for when he played. Um, so I think we're going to move on to some very serious discussion about the U.S. coaching role now. And by that, I mean we're going to talk about the Reynas and Greg Borhalter. Um, so let's dive into this, sort of uh, hear what we all think. But this week, a report came out from the U.S. soccer organization that cleared Coach Greg Berhalter um, from his alleged abuse scandal in the 90s. And this was first brought to the attention of U.S. Soccer when the parents of Gia Reina, the international player for Dortmund and on the national team for the U.S., um, his parents, Claudio and Danielle Reina, made it made a alleged statement that Greg Berhalter beat his now wife in a domestic violence incident back in the 90s. Um, so this came out, we're just kind of following along on this drama that's going on. A lot going on with the Reynas. Uh, now Greg Brohalter is cleared and able to take a coaching vacancy with the U.S. national team. So let's just jump in now. Uh, initial thoughts, or I guess it's not really initial. This has been ongoing for a while. Uh, but what do, what do we think of what's going on here with the Reynas and Brohalter? Can I ask, I want to ask you guys one question. Let's see if we agree on this. Okay, should Greg Berhalter coach this team? No. 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 Okay. No. I'm glad that I agree on that. <laughs> okay. Let, then, let's ask, I want to ask a follow-up. Okay. Uh, do you agree with what the Rangers did? No. no. <laughs> okay, I also say no. <laughs> but I do want to clarify, I find it understandable. Um they are the parents of a national team player, and they themselves played on both the men's and women's national team back in their day. Um, why wouldn't you be upset that your kid's not getting playing time? I, I understand it. Totally illogical thing to do. Terrible thing to do, even. Uh, but I do understand it. You know, Parents will be upset when their kid isn't playing um, at whatever level. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just kind of know your place in the global scale, because... This story is completely ridiculous, and everyone else in the world is not paying attention to it at all. And it just makes it's just sad. It's distracting. Ah, I hate it. This clickbait kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what people overseas are thinking about. Nothing. It. They're, they're like, our team is amazing. We're playing well. Yeah, We're I think they're. I think they're laughing though. I think they're. Laughing. I mean, I think that's yes. been the case yeah. for a while with U.S. soccer. Though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the U.S. could do to make themselves be less serious of a team. Um, and that I'm also interested to see because I feel like we will somehow. Yeah. Well, there's no, I mean, scandals are all over global soccer. 
So it's not like we're the first. We're just the stupidest scandal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we, I mean, Because we haven't done anything, you know. Uh, coming up, coming what off. What was that, Jackson? What, what, uh, <laughs> what was it, 2016 or 17 when we uh, actually cracked down on FIFA? And I feel like we had a bunch of credibility internationally, and then we just wrecked that by not qualifying for the World Cup, and then this. I mean, we we took down Sub Bladder and uh, followed up with a disgraceful non-call. This is our biggest story since. <laughs> yeah, this puts us back in, and we look dumb. Um, yeah, to get a completely new team too when Greg came in, new team. So. Yeah, we almost had an average age of 22, but we gave Tim Ream uh, a position, so I think that moved it up. Yeah, Tim Ream probably like doubles the average age himself. <laughs> um, but he's having a hell of a renaissance over there at Fulham. He's looking great. He might come back in four years, who knows, but he'll be around 40. Yeah, he's on the Nations League squad that, that was announced today. It, I have another question. How much do you think Greg owes how much fault do you think is Greg for this whole thing blowing up because I feel like if he doesn't mention it in whatever closed door venue he's speaking to people at and yeah, then people figured leader. it out and there was then the a whole leadership thing blew up so it, it almost seems like yes like Jackson like you said anyone's parents would be pet pissed especially if the kid is I mean he's an obviously skilled amazing player um, you know maybe the whole thing doesn't come to surface if Greg doesn't Kind of allude to it. I don't know. That's that was unfortunate for his career because he very likely, I would say, quite likely, would be the next coach. He would coach again mm-hmm. had it not be for the incident that we've been living in in that last couple months. Yeah, I'm just curious to see. I think uh, Claudio. It's going to be really hard for him to find a job. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm curious to see what Greg does. Um, a lot of people say he might have more luck going overseas. Uh, but, you know, it seems like he's well-liked in the MLS as well. It, it, yeah, dead oh. success. Yeah, and people, people said, you know, Claudio is such a good player, extremely calm, and in a sporting director role at NYFC in Austin, apparently super calm as well. This is a little yeah. bit out of character. Yeah, there's one thing I've noted about Claudio in this whole thing is I would think of him as a calm person. That's really what I gathered, you yeah. know, just – Outstanding, uptight citizen. Yeah, and it also goes to show you can really take the ship down if you want to burn it down. Like, and yeah. that's kind of what it got to. It seems like with the wife, Michelle. No, what was her Danielle. name? Danielle. Yeah. They were just. Yeah, and I believe since then, since the investigation, they actually like have seemed sort of regretful in in terms of they. At least, maybe this is more of a legal move, but haven't been making statements to U.S. Soccer or to like when attorneys are present, um, which I guess is like mixed signals about what they actually want to accomplish with this. Uh, maybe it was just like a heat of the moment, say something stupid situation. Yeah, I um, I think Danielle's had two uh, phone calls and they have tried to reach out to Claudio and Claudio is not available. So Just on the golf course drinking. Yeah. yeah. Sounds I, like a good day. Yeah. I also think it points to U.S. soccer being a little bit chummy in a way that seems like these people are really close with each other. And they're all like, you know, he knows yeah. him and he... And it's like yeah. Kind of a weird yeah. situation. Not a very professional 
relationship, but more of just a per- personal relationships. And, you know, in the past, they always say um, American soccer is for rich kids, which I agree with. But now it's open access through the academy, stuff like that. But, yeah, that's part of it. So... Yeah, uh, I mean, we can definitely tell. I mean, yeah, like you said, these are two former players who played together, Claudio and Greg. Uh, very interesting that same high school. Yeah, that whew, they really, uh, really going at each other. Um, and with that, I think we should move to our own personal scraps of the week. Uh, what did we see that we that we have a personal problem with, uh, whether it be on the field with a player that you saw, or just you know anything. I'm going to pick on Daniel. I think there's a lot of responsibility on him right now. On Daniel Shallowy? Yeah. Okay. I'm on the wing because Johnny's not playing and Kyrie's you know, trying to do his thing. His thing being bad. <laughs> his thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was just a few opportunities in the game like where I'm thinking he's cutting in. He's in the corner of the 18. He has space. The ball is positioned where he can just smash it and he like chips his ball you might know the play i'm talking about yeah. and it's like yeah joel uh lucas and i were just like he is not shooting the ball hard um and i've been talking about that the last couple days last couple games yeah i i um mike if you want to keep talking yeah about that, i just that, that he was just kind of <sighs> late in the game he got past his man had a few nice kind of crosses he was creating stuff but it's like Dude, he's had seasons where he scored, what, 15, 16, 17 yeah, no. goals? No. So it's like he has that in him. It's just... He's been an all-star. His first academy yeah. player been I, an all-star. I, so I believe he got go. MVP votes that year, too. Yeah. And my other scrap is a little ridiculous, but it's it's the heart armband camp captain on Tommy's thing. I just... Why does it have to be a heart? I just feel like <laughs> people are like looking at it and like, we're playing like a lovable team right now. Like, we're just going to yeah. give you a big old hug. Like, we need to be lethal. Uh, get rid of the heart and put like put a put a, a tank, <laughs> put like a bomb or something. Swollen crossbones, like bring it on. Yeah. But we got the heart, so it, it's okay. And I noticed none of other teams have this, the heart on the thing, but maybe that's me just being completely ridiculous. I do, I do want to kind of piggyback on you. This brings up something that I've had a problem with: uh, non-captains wearing armbands of any kind. It throws me off. I see it all over MLS. Um, if you're not a captain, don't wear an armband, please. I don't care what it's for. If it's like for tracking your fitness, uh, I don't care. It's annoying. Um, you wear the sports bra for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, come on, man. Jackson or Kirby, did you have to wear one of those little sports? No, bra? I don't think they had that. The only people who had that technology was Pembroke Hill. Back in oh, the day. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, going back to the rich kids. Man. Yeah. I want to bring up another scrap I have, uh, and this is just with stadium planners. More bathrooms at the games, man. Um, this isn't just for MLS, uh, though it is obviously after going to the game on Saturday, me realizing we shouldn't have to be waiting in line at halftime to go to the bathroom. Um, this happens at like basketball games when I went to the Big 12 tournament at Sprint Center, or sorry, T-Mobile Center, um, and then NFL games at the Chiefs, and even when I went and toured uh, Minnesota United Stadium, I didn't go to a game there, I was just in Minnesota visiting family, and I wanted to uh, go on a tour. It seemed like they had a sim- we're going to have a similar problem, same amount of bathrooms that I've noticed. Um, just you got to build more bathrooms. That's the one bottleneck of these games. If it means a few fewer concessions, that seems fine to me. 
uh, specifically at like MLS games when you're there less time. Um, I don't know. Let let the people pee. Yeah, Jackson, I got in and out pretty quickly. I actually. This is a great scrap, though. Scrap. <laughs> I really like Man, it. Man, I waited like 10 minutes, and I didn't even go to start the half. You I went halfway like through. five or six beers. That's so. where you're wrong. You got to go right away. I thought if I waited a little bit, you know, it'll die down. But, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, we, we need to bring back the trough. Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm all <laughs> in on troughs, man. But that's another thing, you know. But bring them back. That, that would solve a lot of this, you know. Maximize the space we do have. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of piggybacking Mike. Um, just the winger position, um, we need to have more quality depth there. Um, you know, Joel and I were talking that Daniel was a little out of form. Um, you know, he's getting there, but he needs to score. Um, so I think we need to have another bona fide winger that we can sub in for Daniel, sub in for Johnny. Um, yeah, we're just really struggling up front. You know, three games, no goals. That's pretty. That's pretty absurd for a professional yeah. team. Pretty significant. Um, so I think that'll bring us into our MLS picks segment. Uh, we're heading into uh, week four, so um, we're gonna do this a little different this week. Uh, you can go ahead and check our socials, Instagram and Twitter, for a full list of our MLS picks. Uh, but we really wanted to dive a little deeper into a couple matchups. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Seattle hosting LAFC, New England hosting Nashville, St. Louis hosting San Jose, and FC Dallas hosting SKC. And we'll go ahead and start with SKC since we all are local here. Um, and I'll kick this one off. I'm going to take SKC again. I said this last week. I'll say it again. And it will eventually be true. We lead the league in shots on target by a notable margin now. Uh, I believe we're at 26. And the next highest is 19, I believe. Um, Eric Tommy leads the league in shots on target, I believe, with uh, 10 or 11 now. Wow. Which is just absolutely wild. Um, if I were to guess, that's probably more than some teams. Um I'm really thinking we'll break through on the goal soon. Um, our defense has looked really good, I thought. Uh, going to get, going against some weaker attacks, uh, you know, Colorado and the Galaxy. Galaxy the Galaxy. Uh, and we had one, you know, little slip up with Portland. One goal in three weeks. That does That's really good. Um, but then also, I do want to highlight uh, Pulse Camp's play has been really good. Um, I was looking at some statistics. I believe he is uh, 1.2 over the... He's like... God, I can't think of the exact stats name, but he's saving like 1.2 goals over expected right now. Wow. Uh, just through three games, which is wild. Yeah, I think he signed a pretty hefty contract last year too. And uh, I know before the preseason, he said it's his position to lose and... Damn, he's correct. So. I think he's better than Melia at one-on-one situations. Yeah. He seems like he's going to stop it on one-on-one. Yeah, Tim was really good at PKs, yeah. I best, felt like. He was the best statistically in MLS history, and I believe the best save percentage at PKs in-game worldwide. Because wow. uh, if I'm not mistaken, he has around 60% saves at a PK in-game, which is absolutely wild. Yeah. Maybe we sub on in. PK? Sub in. <laughs> yeah, PK sub. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I kind of, I kind of even want to talk about uh, Tim Leibel, uh, the outside back. What do you guys think of him? What do you guys think of the new six? Uh, uh, well, I mean, Leibel looked great at the left back. Um, I'm still hesitant to say, uh, like, uh, God, what's his name, Rudovic or something, some you know, Eastern, Eastern European. European. Yeah. yeah. How are you saying? I'm not sure he's because he was not playing the six when he came on. I was still seeing uh, Remy Voltaire in the in the playing yeah, role. Yeah, did he come on for Roger? Um, I would guess so. Yeah, yeah. So probably leave Tommy on, and if Hernandez came in, he probably took Tommy off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Tim Leibel. That's the best we um, we've seen of him so far. I know Vermees is trying to get him sporting fit. Um, yeah, and the six, you know, that's who we spent all our money on. So mm-hmm. let's see what he does. You know, home debut for, I think, yeah. both those guys. Yeah, he looked great. Um, I guess if we do end up playing uh, Voltaire at the six, he's been good. So that just didn't seem like the plan. Yeah, Voltaire, I, why are they going to replace him? Because he, he's pretty dang good at the six. I don't yeah. understand. He's, really. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah, uh, I know Vermees has come out and said that's not his natural position. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so he just had to play it last year. So so he's gonna attack more, moving forward. Yeah, and you know Put him if on he, the wing. yeah, if he uh, <laughs> he has the opportunity to shoot, he can. Yeah, he can, he can score. So yeah. Um, yeah, what's your opinion of Tim Leibel? Are you a Ben Sweat fan or a Tim Leibel <laughs> fan? Yeah, I like what's, both, but I thought Tim had a great. Uh, game. I mean, he start. His his first start, so he uh, came out and didn't make any mistakes. Uh, I still like the way Ben Sweat. He's pretty active, but he's made some mistakes as well. Oh yeah. Uh, I think probably go with go with Tim. Yeah. Seems like a little more of a rock. Yeah. Let the, let the Germans bond. Yeah, that was that <laughs> yeah. was yeah. Get that uh, boosted FIFA connection there. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, uh, who are y'all taking for this? Uh, we're playing away to Dallas. I said SKC. I might just choose them every week, but you know, Mike. You know what? Uh, I I'm gonna give Sporting Kansas City the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna give them a draw. Uh, normally, I, I mean, I'd probably say lose again, but let's see. Let's see if Agata. I feel like he could he could pop maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of unfortunate that he's been struggling, and there's no one we can really. You know, unless you put Sheldon up there, yeah. no one competing with his position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm also hearing that Polito is playing really well um, in practice and after the game. Vermees came down with Pulse Camp and he said, "Just bear with us. We have some really good players later on." So, hopefully, that's the truth. But yeah, I'm. If you looked at my picks, I've left this blank. I might need to go draw. So. Yeah, All right, well, very, uh, uh, I'm gonna make a yeah, final decision. Yeah, we'll have but... we'll have his final pick out uh, on the social, so check those out. Um, let's go ahead and move on to probably the most uh, high intensity anticipated game coming up this week. That is Seattle hosting LAFC uh, to what I what we have to describe as powerhouses in the West Coast now. Wow, um, great game. Yeah. What are we looking forward to? What do you think the result's gonna be? Ah, man. Seattle didn't look too convincing. What did you think of Seattle's last game? Yeah, I didn't really... um, I didn't really watch that game. 
Uh, and LAFC is playing a lot of games right now. They actually have a game tonight, but they're at 3-0 accurate. Yeah. So we'll see who they even play. CONCACAF champions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see who they play. I am taking LAFC. Uh, God, they are the best MLS team I've yeah. seen. I think uh, for the for that same note you made, playing too many games, I'm going to take Seattle in this one. Um, home in Seattle, that's always tough. Um, and I also want to shout out, we're bringing up CONCACAF. Uh, Austin did end up losing uh, to the second-tier Haitian team last night. Knocked out of CONCACAF. And it... I'm just hijacking this segment for a minute. It gets even more embarrassing. A lot of, I believe, eight players' visas got rejected. So eight of their, like, original team could not even come, and they assigned random Americans to play. Uh, I don't know what's going on. That is just incredibly humiliating to be an Austin fan right now. Um, they, uh, ouch. they had some really bad luck in the first half. Um, in their league game? No, last night. Oh, yeah. um, you know... Uh, goal called back, handball, stuff like that. Just stuff that wasn't going their way. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're are struggling this year. <laughs> they won their league game. Yeah. Last week. Yeah, they, they did beat win. Real Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was one of the games I, I lost. Yeah. yeah, I think most of us ended up actually choosing Real Salt Lake. Um, but anyway, in terms of this game, yeah, like we were just mentioning, LA has a bunch of congestion on their schedule right now to start a season. I don't love that. Um, and then Seattle playing at home, I think they got a, a little bit lucky in their first couple of games in terms of like how their goals were scored. Uh, it seemed like balls were just like falling to Jordan Morris's head and feet left and right. Um, and I think a little setback last week is gonna is gonna do good for them this week against LAFC and really try to gear that attack to to a to a better level and more sustainable. Um, Goal ratio. I It'll think, probably be a draw. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think LAFC wins this, or it's going to be a draw. So I just, you know, Steve Ferrano's team is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hell of a team. Um, and I mean, I don't even think uh, Vela has been playing at all. It, yeah, he came off the bench. Played, oh, played. He, okay, he did. Okay, he should have scored yeah. a goal. He was pretty, you know, great look like inside the city. Yeah, and their game tonight is in LA. So yeah. Yeah, um, LA, I feel like can win a couple trophies. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. they can. Yeah, yeah, and we gotta look at Leeds Cup tickets if you guys want to go to that. Yeah, in July. Yeah, but uh, so you taking LA too, Mike? I'm gonna go draw. Okay, going draw. Wait, okay, so we're all split on this one. We'll see who's right. Someone has to be right, unless the game gets canceled and that, <laughs> the know. referee takes out the player. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we got two more matchups. Uh, first is an interesting one in the East. Uh, New England is hosting Nashville. Um, Nashville's really gearing up to look real good. Uh, New England sort of got crushed in the second half against LA on Sunday night. Uh, they're looking to bounce back. So, anyone want to kick this one off? Uh, they got crushed Sunday night, but they did it in style with these red and white uniforms. Yeah, they look pretty good. sick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do Nashville. They just look like they're playing too well. I'm going Nashville, win on the road. Yeah, um, I think New England has this. Um, I think, you know, losing against LAFC, I'm a little superstitious that they have to bo- they have to bounce back. So I'm giving Bruce Arena uh, credit where it's due. You know, I saw he started Bobby Wood. Let's see if he does it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm also going to take New England. Um, 
like I said in the first, I'm pretty high on them as the whole year goes on. But one thing I like about this, I was still really impressed with the way New England played against LAFC. It, it really got poured on there at the end when LA started scoring around, like I believe, the 70th, 70-something minute. But they played a great 60 minutes. Uh, you know, not a complete game and all. But I, I also find it hard, at least watching games, the few games I've watched at New England, not physically, but, you know, on the TV, uh, it seems like teams struggle on that turf to get started, um, to really find their footing offensively and find out how that turf is going to react with the ball. I, I still think it's a pretty big home field advantage in terms of those going the, in the MLS. Who do you have, Mike? Yeah, uh, that game, I was checking the audio Oh, there. he took Nashville. Uh, oh, yeah, Nashville. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, that's all three of us for that. Then our final matchup we want to dive into is St. Louis versus San Jose. Um, want to start this off. Last week I was making a joke. Is there going to be another own goal against Portland? We should have said yes. We should have (laughs) said yes. So I'll start it off. Will there be an own goal from San Jose? And who do you have to win? No own goal. (laughs) And let's go St. Louis. This is, they're going to keep rocking. Why not? They have uh, they have three wins now. Yeah. Nine they, points. Yeah. They know their identity. They're number one in the West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That's insane. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it to them. Um, yeah. Apparently, um, San Jose's head coach is one of Greg Berhalter's old assistants in the United States. So yeah. he's kind of turned the ship around a little bit. Yeah, he was also one of the like academy developers for FC Dallas, too. Okay. So he has a great uh, bona fides for coaching. Uh, with that being said, I don't know. I regrettably have to take St. Louis. Um, they're playing at home. That seems like they're still going to be all amped up playing in a new home stadium and a new city uh, for their, you know, their new club um and you you know what we're gonna there's gonna be another own goal there's gonna they're gonna keep lucking into this at this point three games in a row why not make it four you know yeah another local guy lucas bartlett made his debut for st louis um got drafted by fc dallas last year with st yeah. louis this year pretty That's amazing pretty cool. yep yeah st louis has really cranked out some great players tim marine we mentioned on this podcast st louis guy yeah, I was saying Lucas is actually KCMO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sporting KC. Uh, then, you know, got drafted and was St. Louis now. So, let's see what they what he does with the Red Bull system. Did yeah. you uh, see the own goal against Portland, the St. Louis? It was a cross. So, it was, uh, it was, um, it was a free kick, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, somebody kind of headed in. It was a foot. It was, he just okay. kind of tried to clear it and... Uh, it's either going in or you're trying to clear it. So I've been yeah. in that situation. Yeah. yeah score some own goals in your day. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's a tough look. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think that about cats it for our MLS picks on the pod. Again, check the socials to see our complete picks and our complete standings for the year. Um, if you are somewhat decent at math, you will be able to realize that Kirby has been ahead. We've said he's won every week besides the week we all tied. Uh, but Mike and I are looking to come back this week. Um, but other than that, what do we all got going on this week before we sign off? What do we got going on? Lots of work. We got some pickup games Friday, Sunday, 
we're gonna do I think we're gonna go out some nights and see what's going on yeah. in the city yeah I I might get out there here soon with soccer so yeah, I will I, I will look at competition and see I think I first name just get out there and dribble the ball a little bit so yeah take some shots we'll yeah try. yeah making my season debut tonight and goal excited for that um and then, you know, Friday's uh, St. Pat's, March Madness. Nice. I'm going to be pretty uh, out of it if you if you. What time are appropriate. you starting on Friday? Oh, I'll probably start drinking around like 11. I'm yeah. off. I took PTO is in. Uh, we're going to let loose. It's St. Pat's, so we're going to have some fun. How will the bathroom lines be? Uh, honestly, probably not very good. One of the bars I go to is a single stall, and it kind of gets backed up. Damn. But, Which yeah. bar? Uh, Buzzard Beach. Okay. Uh, but you know, there's there's a great we got Kelly's across the street. Great bathroom situation there. We usually go there for a bit on St. Pat's, as you do uh, for any of those Casey locals. He listen to this still. Uh, it's a St. Pat's staple in the city. Yeah, we'll see you there. Come meet us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that's all we have for this week, and we look forward to having you listen again soon. Yep. Thanks, Peace everyone. Out.